right, welcome to another Pro Football Doc podcast. We had a great guest last week, Norv Turner. In a lot of ways, I think today's guest is as or more intriguing. Most of you probably know about him, yet most of you probably don't know about him. And that's the tease and the tagline here. So I've been fascinated by the whole thing, and I want to sort of uh, figure it out here. And let's uh, show you who this is. Our, our special guest today is Ari Meroff, who runs My Sports Update. And My Sports Update, for those of you who don't know, he's got like a half a million followers. And it is the one aggregated spot of what I would call unbiased NFL news. And if you, uh, and I think that's uh, special. There's not really a spin on it. Uh, and uh, I thought it was intriguing what you were doing and how you've grown so quickly because you have good content. And so let's bring on Ari Meroff, the man behind my sports update. Uh, welcome to the show, Ari. Thank you very much, Doc. I appreciate you bringing me on. You know, I've been followed your work for a very long time, respect your work um, for a very long time. And it's great to be talking to you. I really appreciate it. Well, congratulations. You sort of changed your uh, Twitter and website a little bit, the, the My Sports Update. It looks great. And here's what, where I think we're quite similar and perhaps how we're different. Uh, we're talking a lot about NFL news, but I make no secrets about it. I'm not an injury reporter. I'm an injury analyst. I try and put an interpretation on it, whether video, whatever. And what I love about your, your account is it's very informative. It's one stop. If you just follow your stuff, you get all the news and you don't try and always put a lot of spin on it. You try and play it pretty straight, which I think is uh, interesting and intriguing. Yeah, for sure. You know, I started this account in 2013, so it's been a while. But the one thing that I wanted to do was if you're an average NFL fan, it's really hard to follow everything that's going on because there are, there's obviously 32 teams and there is so much information that is coming out from various outlets. So my idea was to take everything that's going on, put it in one place for an average fan to understand everything that is going on around the National Football League. So if you're the average fan who's obviously working and doing your day-to-day -day thing, and you just want to catch up on all the notable things happening, I want to put it in one place for you to catch up without all the biased opinion, without all the other information you probably don't have to know about. And that's really how the account started. And that's how the account has grown up until this point. And the goal is to continue to do that and continue to pump out football information as it comes in up to the minute. I always tell people turn on notification for the account because if you do, you're not going to miss anything notable that's happening around the National Football League. And obviously over the years, there's grown to the point where many, many people, whether they're involved in football or just a fan, are following it very closely. No, that's a, it's a great thing. And the best part about your, your Twitter and whatever is you can never be accused of clickbait. I mean, because you're not trying to spin anything. You're just trying to, to, to say, look, one place, I'll give it to you. And then you make your own decisions as to what it really means. Uh, in some ways, you're, look, I respect Mike Florio and Pro Football Talk. I mean, 
pro football doc, right? And I've, yeah. uh, so I, I've talked to Mike about it. He's been very kind and he's not mad at my copycat pro football doc. He thought it was flattering, but in some ways, pro football talk uh, reports, but then they add a cherry on top or try to and spin. And, and you don't, you give it very straight and, and uh, I applaud you for that. So I'm a little bit different or in between, but you know, and, and by the way, you also have uh, their website that uh, this your website has more articles and then this does give you a little more of a opinion, but uh, still uh, I don't think you have much of an agenda here either. So with that, I would say uh, congratulations. And I think that's partly the reason for your success. People just want to know the info. Right, for sure. And, you know, I really started the website for one simple reason. So I started it maybe in 2016. And the only reason for starting the website was because there was content that just simply couldn't fit in a tweet. Back then, it was 140 characters. And I was like, I know so many people have notifications on for the account. Now, I don't want to send them four or five tweets about a story that is developing. So I just created a website. And over time, it has developed as well. And I start posting some different stuff that fans might not know about. For example, last week, I posted an article about Lamar Jackson, who is um, negotiating a contract, a contract extension with the Ravens, but he's doing it without an, an agent, without a certified agent. I think fans will be interested to know about such a thing that is going on, that a huge quarterback contract is about to go down, and he's doing it in a different fashion without an agent. Such a big contract has never happened without a certified agent. So we're trying to bring, also, bring in also different avenues of stuff that fans might not know about and not be aware about. That's really where the website comes in as well. As well, we also, we also started a podcast as well, which right now is on hiatus, but I'm planning to bring that back as well. So besides for the Twitter account, we're trying to grow even more and more with other stuff and try to bring the fan into other stuff that they may not know about. For example, the Lamar, Lamar Jackson extension. Right. And so you don't pretend. You're not trying to get no. direct sources. You're saying you're collating and aggregating so the average fan doesn't need to. You're not trying to call a GM or a coach or a player. So your, your life is easy. You just have to pay attention to what's coming across through all the other outlets. Right. For now, that's how it is. But ultimately, my goal is to be able to do that as well as the account continues to grow, as more and more people become aware of it. I mean, the account has gotten to a point where we have coaches and whoever whoever is on Twitter, like Matt Rule and Mike Vrabel, who are following the account and other people in the front offices of teams who are following and agents as well. So ultimately, the goal is to be able to do that as well. But as of now, we're just trying to get all the information that is informative, that's important and that's accurate to be out there for the average fan to know what is going on. So you started the account when you were in 2013, the Twitter account. Yes. Yeah. And you were how old then? So I was 15 when I started it. So I was very young. Um, <laughs> I, I, I knew the answer to that question I'm asking because I think that's fantastic, right? And so right. now you're at the ripe old age of? I'm right now 23. So I'm <laughs> a bit older. So 23-year-old working in the football business with a half a million Twitter followers and so forth. And let, I, I wanted to have you on because I, I thought it was a fascinating story. And uh, I do, Ari, thank you for the props earlier, but I do also follow my sports update because it's a good, clean way of doing it. Admittedly, I do it with lists, but here's the problem with lists. When there is breaking news, you get it seven times. 
because you yeah. get it from Schefter and you get it from Rappaport, and you get it from Mike Garofalo and you get it from Tom Pelissar and you get it from Jay Glazer and you get it from Jason Lockenflora, right? Because it goes boom, 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 boom. Here it comes. So if there's only one, you just say, just go to you and you're around the clock. I mean, do you not sleep? I mean, you are around the clock with all of your posts and literally the one, if you don't want the repeat uh, things, you can just go. So I love that. Right. You know, for somebody who's been doing it for this long, I figured out a way of knowing where things are coming from, when to expect it. For the most part, I've gotten it down to know where to expect things to come from in the NFL news cycle. So during free agency, obviously you're locked in. During draft season, you're locked in. I mean, right now we're basically in a dead period, but coming up on July 15th, for example, that's the deadline for franchise tag players to sign extensions. So you know there's a deadline that's coming up and you should be ready for that to come up. So you kind of have an idea of where things are coming from. You have a good glimpse of where to expect things to come from. Um, there are players during free agency, for example, who like to post stuff on their Instagram and that's where you get information. For example, Drew Brees retired this off season. I had a good sense that he's gonna post that on Instagram and announce it himself. So I was kind of ready for that to happen. So for somebody who's been, who's been doing this for, for this long, I kind of have a good sense of where to expect things to come from. And that's really how I've been able to run this account so efficiently. And so literally you're kind of a one-man show, but you do it all. Right. It is a one-man show. And a lot of people are surprised to hear that sometimes because, you know, a lot of times under in the comments, you see you guys are amazing. You guys are the best. And really, there's no you guys. It's one person here who's doing everything. <laughs> so um, there's been a lot of people who have told me we change the name to your personal name. We'll see if we do that. But for now, we're going to stick it the way it is. But um, it is something that people should know. It is a one-man show over here who's doing basically all the news information that's going on around the league. Well, I love the transparency. When I started, Ari, people were like, what do you know? You're watching football from your couch. And my report was, <laughs> yes, I am. I'm not <laughs> saying I've got anything, right? I mean, and, and that in social media and the world today, being authentic is very important. And you're very yeah. authentic with what you're, you're, you're doing. And, and let me tell you something, that, and we'll break this news to fans too, of Pro Football Doc and otherwise. This offseason – you know, obviously with basketball, there's been a ton of injuries and in and, and part two of the Pro Football Doc podcast, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about some of the big baseball injuries that have happened. Of course, we'll talk about football in part two. Part one is for the guests. But one thing for fans here is a special announcement. In some ways, I mentioned I copied Pro Football Talk some, right, in terms of injury collation. And the cherry on top is our injury analysis. But in some ways, we're going to be co copying my sports update in terms of being the site. We're not going to announce contracts and we're not going to do trades and we're not going to do different things. But we, there's really no one place for collated injury content, especially with analysis. Yeah, there's some, you know, uh, fantasy sites and fantasy labs does a good job and different places mm -hmm. do a good job. Rotorwood does a good job, but it's basically the coach said X. Okay, the coach said X, but what does it mean? The coach said questionable. Like, we all know there's going to be a dozen New England Patriots on the injury report as questionable. Mm -hmm. We can have that, but what does that mean? Which hide the bacon? And by the way, I've said it many times, it's legal. Do, do you get it? I mean, what really is going on with Kawhi's knee right now? The chances, and we'll talk about in the second half, the, the chances of, uh, of Trey Young returning to play in game four. In game, when he went down, we said he's 
he's ankle sprain and going to return, but now that potential more swelling, will he come back with news and how effective? So injury, kind of what you're doing, but for injury landscape and across all sports, you're doing football soup to nuts. And uh, right. congratulations to uh, to you for uh, for this. But what what else is next on the horizon for you? You've got your website. You got this stuff. You're 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 all of <laughs> twenty what three years old. <laughs> uh, what what do you do in your free time? What else is up your sleeve? Do you have any free time? I mean, listen. I love working. I'm very into being a work working person. So besides the doing the football stuff, I do have other work here in New York as well. Especially now during this dead period of the offseason where there isn't much going on. I mean, we're obviously following the the Sean Watson stuff and the Aaron Rodgers stuff. But nothing. I'm not expecting anything to happen here in the near future. So I do have other work here. I do have brothers here who who work in real estate. I help them out. That is really my main hustle right now. So I also help them out as well. But besides for that, I mean, this football thing is really taking up a lot of my time. And the goal is to continue to grow it and eventually become something even bigger, potentially join with somebody. So I do have plans, obviously, for the near future. The podcast, which was going really well, had a lot of great guests that came on over the last year. I put it on hold for now because I want to revamp it and make it even better. Better. So that's something that I'm working on as well. And I mean, eventually just continue to grow this thing, continue to pump out football information and continue to see the growth with the account to eventually, I mean, it already is big, but just to become the main place for everyone to get their news from. And that's really what I want it to be. All right. That's awesome. So is there a, uh, that you know of an MBA equivalent of you or a baseball equivalent of you, who would it be? So I don't really think there is an MLB one. There are various NBA people who are doing Turnover, it. Turnover, O-R-2. Turnover, O-R-2. I, I, I apologize. We literally already, I, I ran a little long in surgery. We're literally in a side room of the OR here. And that was the OR loudspeaker. No, I don't have a patient asleep on the table uh, uh, kind of thing. But this mask is not for COVID, it's for surgery. And yes, I took off my funny blue hat from the surgery room here. So I apologize for that, uh, that, that cut in, but go ahead. I thought we were doing part two of the podcast already. <laughs> I'm kidding, but no, yeah, live surgery, to... part two, we're going to go into the room. Yeah. So anyways, you're saying uh, baseball, you don't think so, but basketball. Baseball, I don't think so. Just because like, I don't really see the younger fans really getting into it right now. So I don't really see it. I don't see any account on Twitter for baseball. Basketball, there are a number of people who are doing it. The problem that I have is that it's getting filled up with advertisements, which I think ruins an account in a way because there's too much going on over there, whether it is clickbait links or just retweeting stuff that are you know, stuff that the average person doesn't want to see. So like, there are a few people who are competing with each other. I don't follow that closely, but there are people for basketball because NBA Twitter is much larger than NFL Twitter, surprisingly. I mean, they're more active in a way. So there are a few counts there, but when it comes to baseball, I don't think there are. When it comes to football, I think, you know, one that is consistently putting out stuff. I'm, I believe I'm the only one. So that's where we are when it comes to Twitter. Well, uh, all right. Uh, we're going to, shortly take a break here and come back with some analysis. Ari, thank you very much. And I think my Pro Football Doc podcast, I wanted to have you on because what you did was so unique. I mean, you started this when you're 15. I can't imagine what you're going to do when you turn uh, 30 here uh, uh, in, in all your time. So Ari, thank you very much for your time and uh, for, the, for your time here on the Pro Football Doc podcast. All right, let's welcome back to part two of the Pro Football Doc podcast. Uh, Ari's 
definitely the youngest podcast guest we've ever had. Very accomplished guy. I was impressed with him and what he's been doing. That's why I wanted to have him on. And he does retweet stuff for injuries. So thank you, Ari. But let's get down to part two, which is our usual segment of things here. We'll talk about the NFL. We'll talk about NBA. We'll talk about Major League Baseball. We'll do video analysis, what happened here. We'll even talk about the Olympics some throughout this thing. But in any case, the first thing, and let's just get it out of the way, is let's chat on the latest related to COVID. And look, I hope you guys all know, I haven't been on the one side or the other of the whole thing. Look, if you haven't left your home in a year, I think I could have talked you out of your home with medicine and science. And on the other hand, if you think COVID was a hoax, I think I could have scared the bejesus out of you. But as we keep going here, some interesting things. I will, uh, I think that uh, uh, teams will still ultimately get to 85%. Adam Schefter has said 65% of NFL players have now have had at least one shot per NFL medical officer. I believe that will continue to grow. I think the majority of teams will see the benefit of 85% vaccination and they'll get there because of the freedoms. More and more carrots are coming out all the time in terms of you know, freedoms that you can have if you had the vaccine, no mask, but also if you still test positive or something happens, you actually get paid where you may not get paid if you don't have the vaccine. I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that's what the NFL should be doing. I'm just saying that's what they are doing in conjunction with the PA. And I think the peer pressure from one player to another will get there. There still is going to be the Cole Beasley's of the world who say, I'm not doing it, but that can be in the 15%. I think 85% of the locker rooms in the end will be vaccinated. And that's not saying right, wrong, or different. They should. I'm vaccinated. I'm just judging for me. I thought that was the right thing for me to do. Uh, people do have the right to judge for themselves. But I think in the end, there's going to be mostly vaccinated players and teams will want that freedom. No one wants to lose a game because, oh my gosh, um, you're not vaccinated and now you have a sit-out period for a close contact. With that being said, some other vaccination news in sports in general. I really feel bad for the kids involved in that College World Series fiasco. And I'll say fiasco because North Carolina State gets ousted because of COVID protocols. Look, you can argue, should they have been vaccinated? Should they not? Uh, you know, should they, it was their own fault. The bottom line is, look at how this affects people. You had, I don't know, I haven't gotten to the details of the situation enough to come to a firm conclusion of how it should have worked. I just think it's sad. Baseball is a socially distant sport. Nobody's within 15, six feet of each other for 15 minutes, except perhaps in the dugout, and you can cor correct that. The irony is you had 20,000 fans without masks, at the game and that was okay but players spread out on a field was not i just think it's too bad not only for the north carolina state kids 
but also for the Vandy kids. They wanted to earn it. What about Vandy's opponent? Not exactly fair that Vandy didn't have to pitch anybody. It's an advantage. I don't know the outcome, but I just think that that was less than ideal in the way that it worked out. And there are other still strange things happening about COVID. And I promise you, this is not a COVID broadcast, but make a wish. I saw something and I'm glad they, they switched. The day before yesterday, they said, make a wish is restarting, but all kids, brothers, siblings, and family members will have to be vaccinated in order to get the make a wish. I mean, you have a dying kid maybe, and his last wish is to do something and you're gonna make him get vaccinated. First of all, he might not get vaccinated in time. Second of all, who knows what the vaccine does to his terminal condition, potentially terminal condition, or at least serious condition. I, I just think that was really bad to, to think that. It wasn't thought through. Thankfully, within 24 hours, Make-A-Wish reversed its course. They said it on Saturday. On Sunday, the foundation reversed its course. And they are going to grant wishes to non-vaccinated kids. Look, I think they should be safe. I think they should protect athletes that come in contact. I think they should be very safe with what's going on. And Maybe it's not unreasonable to encourage kids and family members to be vaccinated. Maybe it's not unreasonable to not let every sibling or aunt and uncle participate if they're not vaccinated. I don't know about the certain circumstances, depending on what they're doing with the kid. But to make a kid who's got a serious or terminal illness and dictate to their medical care that they've got to be vaccinated, that certainly didn't make any sense to me. I'm glad that they've reversed course on that. And I hope, you know, I'm not trying to be a zealot either way. I'm just trying to, for the kids, it may not be best for them. If they're going to say the routine is to require vaccination, we're recommending the vaccination, but we're allowing a medical exemption. That makes sense. And I get it. If you're trying to protect an athlete or something uh, or the whatever the experience is, if mom or dad or aunt and uncle or, you know, college brothers or sister is not vaccinated, maybe you let them in the vicinity to, to witness the joy of their family member getting the Make-A-Wish granted. Maybe they don't get the close contact experience. I mean, it's about the kid. Let's just make the kid happy. Um, anyways, enough of that, enough of that. Let's move on to, to uh, a couple of uh, things here. Uh, happier, easier thoughts. Uh, one is um, LT. I never realized that he had the highest fantasy scoring fantasy football season ever. I guess I wasn't into fantasy in 2006. I was there. I witnessed all 33 touchdowns, 2,300 scrimmage yards, and I guess 481.1 fantasy points. I always thought my guy, Billy Volek, was the Mr. Fantasy. I didn't even realize LT had the all-time fantasy record. To be fair, in 2006, I don't think I paid that much attention to fantasy. As you know, I'm thrilled to be in the second fantasy draft of my life, real one. Scott Fishbowl, 11. Thank you, Scott Fish. I did Scott Fishbowl, 10. But congrats to LT and happy birthday, 42nd birthday recently. Happy birthday. And that actually brings up a good point. I should get LT on the podcast. I'll have to reach out to him and uh, get my friend on here. 
Uh, next up, the Olympics, the Olympics and the NFL. Marquise Goodwin, wide receiver for the Bears, failed in his bid to qualify for the Olympics in the long jump, I believe. More power to him. He still was at the top of his game in the country. And it's really, really hard. These sports, it's very specific. And to be at the pinnacle like these guys, whether it's to play wide receiver in the NFL or make the Olympics in any event, the long jump, the sprint, anything, it's really hard and different. I mean, you're talking about the 0.001 percenters, not the one percenters. So congrats to Marquise Goodwill for coming close, but also shout out to my buddy, Nate Ebner. Unfortunately, an injury is not going to allow him to compete in the Olympics in Tokyo. But my man, Nate, competed for the USA Rugby Team Sevens in the Rio Olympics four years ago, I guess five years ago now. And so he remains the modern day Bo Jackson. Uh, Nate's free agent now. He was with the Patriots when he played with USA Rugby. Shout out to Nate Ebner. All right, let's keep moving on to a couple of different topics here and, and continue to have some fun. Uh, let's move on to uh, some football on that before anything. Now, this is Saquon Barkley. Coming off his ACL. He's looking good. I don't want to ever want to be a naysayer. I think people often get pretty critical, think I'm pretty critical. But I think it's my job to be a little bit critical. He looks really good in that video. Is he 100%? No. Is he on track? I think so. But you got to understand, videos are spliced up. Do you think he's going to show anything or is people going to show something where he doesn't make a hard cut. I mean, he's doing very well. But once again, the game of football, especially at the highest levels, aren't, isn't that easy. Those other 11 guys are coming hard with or without blockers. Saquon's awesome. But I think he's getting there. I think he's doing well. I think he's on track. But we will very soon have the preseason evaluations uh preseason preview at profootballdoc.com where we'll talk about saquon we'll talk about christian mccaffrey we'll talk about patrick mahomes now remember those were probably the top three drafts around the country right number one was christian mccaffrey second pick was probably saquon barkley for most leagues third piss was was patrick mahomes i had the third pick in the scott fishbowl 10 i took patrick mahomes he did very well all three of those guys are coming off significant injuries and or surgery. Mahomes toe surgery, uh, Barkley, the ACL, and Christian McCaffrey, several issues that kept, kept up basically all last season. We'll include that and all break down and we'll have a new thing for everybody this year where we actually will put a score on their expectations. So if these are fantasy projections, what percent do we think they are physically? And you probably can factor that into the fantasy projections you know, either high or low to try and help yourself in terms of what's going on. All right, another uh, video analysis here. Let's uh, go over, uh, you know, Bud Dupree a little bit. 
that he looks healthy. A lot of people think he looks healthy in his video, but really I'm not sure how healthy he really looks um, in the sense that his videos, the videos don't lie, but if you look at the Bud Dupree video right here, you tell me what you think here. He looks good, right? Dynamic. He looks good. A, it's not a deep squat. B, he's not on balance. And look here. Shorter steps, especially as he decelerates. But he's off center. To me, he looks great. He's on schedule. He's coming along. But he's favoring his right knee. No deep squats. His weight's more on his left side. And even when he runs, you can see his right knee, right side, he favors it right in those couple steps. He's coming along great. I am not critical of the Titans signing him. I think it's great. But let's not expect too much, especially for the start of the season. And look, the Titans signed or drafted Jeffrey Simmons coming off an ACL. Just like I expected, he didn't play early season. Late season, he came on and did all right for them. It's been a good pick. This is a five-year, $85 million deal. I think it still can work out great for the Titans and will probably, but not for week one, two, or five. I mean, if he plays, he's got to play on the left defensive side to have a strong outer leg, et cetera. But overall, he's, he's doing, doing very well. All right, let's move on to some uh, other topics here. Oh, before we get to NBA, let's talk about David DeCastro. Amazing nine seasons. He's likely retiring. He had a, another off-season ankle procedure from an ankle injury that he struggled with before. I only bring this up is, watch out. I, look, David's done the right things. He calls it a business. The Steelers have been a good team. One thing that doesn't make sense to me is, how was he able to be released? He should be NFI. Not He was released as NFI, non-football injury. How is his ankle injury non-football related? He had surgery from a football injury. That injury didn't get fully better. He had another surgery, but it's still related to football. I'm sure it'll make sense at some point in time. It doesn't make sense to me right now. And what do I always say? If it doesn't make sense from the outside, you just don't know, know all the facts. And I don't know all the facts. There's something missing there, though why he's able to be classified as non-football injury. All right, let's move on to some MBA stuff. Uh, earlier last week in the podcast, we talked about which star returns first in the NBA Western Conference Finals. Obviously, that's been Chris Paul. He's back. The Suns are up 3-1. No Kawhi Leonard yet. And uh, he's a uh, bone bruise, I believe, just announced as a knee sprain with some word of some sort of ACL injury. I don't believe he's coming back for this uh, Western Conference final. We'll be lucky, iffy, possible to come back for the finals, but certainly no guarantee, and that's coming true here. Um, but let's move on here. Let's, uh, let's go on and talk about, let me find some things here. Um, let's talk about Trey Young for a second. Trey Young, turned his ankle, and like I said, in-game, came back for the Hawks, didn't play all that well, and now it's just been announced as having a bone bruise. 
let me tell you, that announcement came, bone bruise in his foot. I didn't think his injury was severe. He stepped on a referee's ankle. He's got ankle braces. And some would say because he has ankle braces on and has had problems last year and previously with his ankles, that this is a bigger deal. No, it's a smaller deal. The ankle brace helped hold it. He's got laxity, so his ankle can turn. There's no, there's less new injury. So I actually think word that this is more of a bone bruise in his foot is good news. So why is bone bruise and Trey Young good news, but bone bruise and Kawhi Leonard have him out for weeks? Kawhi Leonard's bone bruise is at the articular surface. The bone bruise in Trey Young's foot is not likely an articular cartilage surface. So it becomes a play-through pain issue, not be careful of your career issue. So I expect this latest news on Trey Young to still be relatively good news. All right, let's move on to uh, a few other things here. Let's move on to some baseball news. Um, first of all, um, Mike Soraka. That's a sad set of affairs. It surgery about a year ago, revision surgery due to some sutures or inflammation two months ago. His first day out of a boot, a walking injury. A walking injury, first day out of the boot. Probably an eccentric load, stairs or something, who knows. New tear. This is going to cost him at least the first half of next year. This is a third surgery, second complete re-tear. This is a bigger deal than people are making it out to be. At this point, if you told me he's good to go for and 100% for the 2021 season, you might take it and take your time. The best case scenario is post-All-Star break. And I'm sure they'll be conservative with Mike Soraka there. Um, more baseball. Fernando Tatis. Amazing. My thoughts haven't changed, though. Uh, someone said, uh, any further comments on uh, Tatis? Uh, look, I still think nothing's changed. Still a label tear. Surgery still inevitable. A matter of when. He's had his fourth episode so far. And I've never been critical of the Padres trying to play him because he can be successful. This is why I thought it made sense that they did. My point is he still has a label tear. I think it's amazing that he can still play at that, this super high level, changing his swing midseason. Boy, he makes the game look easy. Good for him. And I do think I'm glad, and the Padres are probably glad, that he is not going to be in the home run derby. Uh, first of all, Derbies can change swings, and you don't want to do that. Second of all, he's already changed his swing, and he's still hitting home runs. But I'm actually, as a Padre fan and a Tatis fan, look, my son wears number 23 on his little all-star 8U baseball team that I'm coaching because of Tatis. So I'm very much a Tatis fan. But I think he's making the smart decision for him and his team to stay out of the home run derby because of his shoulder and last thing you want to do is modify anything on that swing that he's already changed some. Um, let's see. Let's move on here. Oh, this is the Trey Young video from earlier. I forgot. I'm sorry, guys. This is when he steps on the referee. And this is what turns out to be a, a bone bruise in his foot, which, like I said, is good news. 
Here he is. He backs up and he steps on the referee's ankle. Here you go again. So that was Trey Young. Uh, and uh, I forgot to talk about Devin Booker. He's unsure his face mask's future. Here's what I say about Devin Booker. The face masks are really good nowadays. He broke his nose. He has returned to play, but he hasn't been shooting as well or playing the usual way he can. The face masks are pretty good. But let me tell you, it's just different. If you're playing golf and it's in the sun and you don't have your usual pair of sunglasses and it's a spare pair, it sometimes throws your game off, the peripheral vision, the whatever. Uh, you get what I'm saying? Like the game is not that easy to wear that on your face is not as fun. I mean, we all experience different kind of masks with COVID. It's not that fun. It, what's the big deal? It's just a mask. Live with it. A lot of people say, I don't want to live with it. A little bit, that's Devin Booker. I mean, they play the game at such a high, high level. That mask can have effects. But the taking it off is not necessarily the answer. Because you can get hit in the nose again, and it doesn't heal that quickly, and it hurts. And forget him not being tough. If you get hit, it could it's not healed. It could displace again. But more importantly, I mean, who really can play that aggressively if you don't feel like you're protected? So... I don't know if he's going to wear a mask or not wear a mask. It's going to be personal choice. The advantage of wearing the mask is he can have some protection and then play more aggressively, but maybe he just doesn't feel comfortable with it. The advantage of not having a mask is he feels more comfortable with it, but when he gets in there, will, will he be able to mix it up? Will he get hit in the face again? And that's why I talked earlier this morning on sports gear with Ariel Epstein. Yeah, she loves doing props. I said, oh, had I known there were Devin Booker rebound props, I would have been pounding the under. You don't want to go inside and get rebounds when you're a smaller player, when you have a broken nose with or without a mask on. So far, I don't think he's had many rebounds at all. But now that the word is out, the uh, that prop may not be there or as high. He's already not hit it the last couple of games because of that. And... Um, Let's move on to uh, another NBA prospect, Jared Butler of Baylor, referred to a fitness to play panel. Uh, he's not permitted to play or practice until he's cleared. I'm hoping this is perfunctory. I'm hoping that this is for safety for him and the NBA and liability and that he gets cleared. He did play three years of college basketball there and obviously has a national championship to hope to show for it. I hope he clears his screen. I think he will. Uh, I think there's ways for him to clear his screen safely, I add. And uh, let's hope that that's just a momentary bump in the road for him. And finally, let's go to a what happened here. Avert your eyes. Avert your eyes. You're warned here. Tried the second swing. Didn't even know where it was going. And this one, it was supposed to go low. So it's not even the collision. It's the landing. He's fine on the collision. See his ankle get folded up at the end there. So let's show this again. The collision's fine. As he lands off balance, he gets his foot toe caught. 
And it's the Dak Prescott injury. Toe pointed east and kneecap pointed north. Enough of that there. Ankle fracture dislocation. It's possible that it's open through the skin. Definite surgery. Should not be an Alex Smith situation at all. I hope it to be a Dak Prescott situation. It looks like that. Remember when Dak slammed his foot ankle to straighten it afterwards? We talked about that. He's going to need surgery. Dak's doing well. Perhaps not 100% yet, but I think Dak will start a sneak peek at our preseason preview. I think Dak will be close to 100%. And I think this unfortunate player will be two for 2022 season, next season of baseball. This season is done, surgery and season over, too bad. But at least long-term, things are good with him. All right, guys, thanks for watching, uh, listening, Pro Football Doc Podcast. Thanks again to Ari and My Sports Update. Appreciate you all. Subscribe at YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts. Give us the nice five-star ratings if you can. And we're back soon with the football season, the calm before the storm, before your drafts, the preseason football preview, and some new features through Pro Football Doc will be introduced this year as well. Thanks for watching.